Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Oh, by the way, it's a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. I forget all these new shout-outs that I got to give. You know what I'm saying? Uh, thank you for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us. Check it in from Yahoo Sports. My man, Vinny Goodwill. What's going on, man? My man, Bo. How you doing, dog? Hey, man. You know, this is the first time you've been here, you know, with the new operation, man. Got a new coat of paint. Got lights. You know what I'm saying? Got texts. Got all this stuff. It's a whole different ball game. They care about you. That's that's just, just a little <laughs> bit of love and care, man. It, it just means, it means a little little bit you know what i mean this feels I don't know how much they care about me i just know they don't want me out here embarrassing them you know what i'm saying right like they came out here they put emmy on a stand you know they came they 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 they, they got it right right the new season moving smooth over here we got the new nba season that's going on here and look you and i have talked about this a lot in a lot of places and a lot of times one of these guys i've been talking about for two years the other one we've been talking about one and now it's all coming together when is when, when is it gonna be when does skinny bowl gonna be tuesday night in oklahoma city and bo i will be there i am shocked that they actually took me serious when i said i would go to skinny bowl you know what i compare that to remember for the super bowl they would have those commercials during the super bowl they called bud bowl one bud bowl four yes. and all them yes. like them bud like that's what i feel like this is like the first skinny bowl you know what i mean like this, this is, is one of many because these two go hey, be man. going at it forever hey man people need to understand this man we here now you know what I'm saying? Y'all tried to keep us out for so long, but it's enough of that. We here now. America keep getting fatter and fatter. The skinny man is now taking over the NBA. Y'all about to fat y'all's way out of basketball, but us stayed ready, man. We all stayed ready. And when you look around and you see this, now, by the way, NBA skinny is not nearly as skinny as you guys believe, just so you know. Because at every point when it's been somebody in the NBA and people talk about how skinny he is, I want to go put on another layer. Because I'm like, oh, snap. Like, if that's what y'all think about them, I don't know what y'all got to say about me. But Big Vic and Chet somehow have both walked in the door and met in a lot of ways, I think, best case scenario. Because with Chet, I talked about this before, man, Chet was supposed to be the beta version of Big Vic to let us know if the skinny man could truly move in the spaces and ways, but Chet had to delay that because he had the broken foot. And now he here, and the last time I looked up Vinny, I think he was averaging something like 16 points a game in 28 minutes on usage below 28%. Like, look at this. These are numbers that Chet's putting up like, not with a whole lot of minutes. Not just the minutes, Bo, but they running everything through Shea or a lot through Shea yes. as they should. And I'll give you like a perfect comparison. I remember when Chet first was starting to come on the scene and I asked somebody I really, really trusted, who is his comp? 
And he looked me dead in the face and said, Kevin Garnett. I was like, wait a minute. He was like, yeah, take away the growling, take away all the extra stuff. But remember when Kevin Garnett came to the league and he was a goddamn alien? That is Chet. And I see it. He ain't quite yeah. big. He ain't quite big slim where, you know, he's Jason. You know what I mean? Like whenever you turn around, yeah. he's there. But he ain't far. You know what I mean? He might well, be penny wise. Okay. You know what I mean? He might be just hiding well, well, in the sewer. Well, well, this is the thing, right? At least to me and watching him and where the Kevin Garnett thing, you say without the growling. Kevin Garnett did not start growling. It took a while no. before he got confident to be the legitimate crazy person that he ultimately turned into. Chet got the dog in him, man. Like I was talking to somebody who had met him before he got to the league. And his question was, how do I become the best player in the NBA? Like, that's what I want is how do I become the best player in the NBA? And see, this is the thing that people don't quite understand about the skinny man that is a little bit different about Chet versus Big Vic, right? The skinny man, we got to demonstrate to y'all that we ain't going to break. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chet been living the life that all the skinny men have. When you even start dating girls and something happened, they'd be like, oh, you okay? And it's like, yo, man, I'm just skinny. I'm a man, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't, you ain't got to worry about me. I ain't going to snap in half or whatever. You know Chet had to prove that because all anybody could ever do was put their shoulder in his chest. That was the only chance that they had. Like, you would hope that he would be that dude. He'd take his shirt off and his... <laughs> That birdie, you know what I'm saying? Got the got the little dip right there. Like that, that's that's kind of your only hope. But I do think as much as Vic has played with grown men and learned how to adjust, I'm trying to remember which game it was. Was it the second game of the year? They played against the Rockets. The Spurs had that game and it went to overtime. Let me tell you something that uh Big Vic does not seem to be excited about doing in the NBA. Setting screens. <laughs> he's trying to he he is trying to avoid that collision as quickly as possible. Cause I think this is something that people don't quite think about so much. And I think it's an underrated thing about the NBA. Them screens is a monster, dog. Like, I think people look at screens as just kind of this dude's getting in your way and you got to get around him. Oh, no, 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 no. NBA screens hurt. Dude, well, you got to think. There's a reason this thing's called illegal screens. Because if you run into that car crash and that car's still moving, that shit is painful. Like, one of the best screen setters in the league, Russell Westbrook. And you can imagine that. That's like running into a free safety or something like that. And I can tell you, as a former member of the Skinny Man group, I'm not a, I'm not a member anymore. I used to be a charter member of the Skinny Man up until I turned 30. And then genetics hit me playing basketball against other skinny people you just hoping not to run into their elbows like all the all the stuff is sharp with skinny people yeah. you feel it more than you do with the with the thick ones the thick ones they can hit you with hips and chest and all that stuff <laughs> skinny man gonna hit you with them elbows because they know that's the only thing we got and my man chet and, Vic, and my man my man chet and Vic. here's the underrated thing bro these two dudes don't like each other. That's nope. you think of. We think of Dylan Brooks and LeBron being a rivalry. No, no, no. We getting in the ground floor. And these two dudes, man. These two skinny dudes yeah. is fighting for the same corner. This like Avon and uh, this like Avon and Stringer, except they fighting. No, but the fact that they got a thing that's so important at this point, like. This is a league that is kind of short on personal rivalries. Like, it's, it's, it mm -hmm. doesn't land that way anymore. And there's nothing like when you find out two dudes got beef or whatever it is. They ain't even necessarily got to be two good dudes. Like, you remember that time in the playoffs when the Suns were playing against the Lakers and we found out, unbeknownst to most of us, that Goran Dragic and the machine, Sasha Vujicic, had some beef from the old country? 
I had no idea. Never given any consider consideration. Them dudes would come out there and they'd like stare each other down and get in the circle and face off immediately. And I felt like the black people didn't know what to do, right? Like nobody wanted to go bring it up. Nobody knew where it came from. They was probably talking some consonants. You know what I'm saying? They got one of them languages that's got a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, caca, like, like, like percussive. You know what I'm saying? And ain't nobody know what to do. It's good when you find out you got beat. These two guys are the two maybe most exciting young guys in the NBA and I don't know if it's beef but it is definitely rivalry yeah I mean here's the thing and we think about this in the context of like Jokic or Giannis or you know what I mean like like the game that we the game that I'm going to present to you who would you trade who wouldn't you trade Big Slim for right like that list is short that list was really short on draft day right it's even Mm -hmm. shorter right now same thing goes for Chet. Who who's the best player you wouldn't trade Chet for? Who or like who's the worst player you wouldn't trade Chet for? Right, like like what's the line of guy? Yes, and we'd have to really just start throwing dudes out here. Like for example, if I am the Timberwolves and they say, That's "Hey, the name we'll give you on. Chet if you'll give us Anthony Edwards." Anthony Edwards got to go, but let me tell you, who's got to go even faster? <laughs> You got to take them both. How about that? How about that? (laughs) Take them both. You can have them. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. You can have you Have clear. you seen Carl you this year? I've seen the numbers. And the numbers ain't pretty when your backup big man is outperforming you and out shooting you as, you know, supposed big man. Why are you there? It's over. It's over. And here's the thing. And this ties back to like the fun of our skinny guys. Right. Because you know, I've talked to you about this. I'm really trying to lean more into the enjoyment of this stuff. Right. Trying to be a little less evaluative and try to celebrate this. Feel good about it. Right. Because I'll be wind up doing so much in life and arguing. So let's talk about the dopeness that we all see. I'm by and large there. However, I also recognize this about basketball. No matter who the player is, you get to do that for five to seven years. Somewhere in there. Right. But toward the end of that second contract, it stops being about what you do and it starts being about what you're not doing out here and what carl towns is not doing is a little something called enough they got the thing out here on to say what's wrong with carl towns this season the question is not what is wrong with carl towns this season the question is what's wrong with carl towns right there like i don't think you need to say this season because no matter what it is about how he's playing the question and the issue has always been the same carl towns brags about being the best shooting big man of all time 
That's like bragging about being the best dancer in the NBA. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some girls that's real impressed by that, but it ain't really got nothing to do with what your job is. Bo, it's the thing to me that this positionless basketball, like the title of positionless basketball, it allows players to slide through without accountability. Because you just say, oh, I can play at any position. I can shoot threes. Well, yeah, but if you seven feet tall and you shooting threes and you're not doing what seven footers do, I got to go get another seven footer to do things that seven footers are supposed to do. Like trading for Rudy Gobert and giving up five first round draft picks. That ain't cool. That remains one of the wildest things to ever ever happened it was just like maybe this works right like that was that was maybe he can do the things that carl can't do because see that's the thing right about positionless basketball to me there's a whole bunch of things that you need a basketball team to do right like you could line them Mm -hmm. up like video game sliders almost okay and you need to get up to certain levels of certain things to get some combination in order to get everything done. So even if you don't have positions, you still need somebody, for example, who could operate in the post, right? That, at least in my vantage of basketball, I understand that yeah, people have decided yeah, that yeah. doesn't matter that much. But like, there's still big man stuff that you need somebody to do. So every big man thing that you don't do if you're Carl Towns, somebody else has to fill in. And the truth of the matter is, if you put... Rudy Gobert as the other big man with Carl Towns, it's not pairing Akeem Olajuwon with Ralph Sampson. Because you can put Akeem Olajuwon on the block and Akeem Olajuwon do some of the big man things the tall man Ralph Sampson is not interested in doing. If Carl doesn't do the big things, a lot of those you need, Rudy Gobert is simply not capable of doing. Meanwhile, it's happening, guys. If you haven't been paying attention in Minnesota, it's happening. My guy is turning into the guy. Anthony Edwards put up a two-minute sequence at the end of that game the other night that was so incredible in every way. And I saw somebody say on Twitter that the best thing Carl Towns did that night was foul out. And they're not wrong because Anthony <laughs> Edwards had 39 points and Carl Towns had seven. Now think about this, Bo. Two, two thoughts come to mind for Ant Edwards. Hey, we have been on this train very, very early, right? The whole thing about, man, we don't know if this kid like playing basketball. Whoever said that shit? Yeah, be remember fired. that. I don't get, that that was the most that was the dumbest shit I've heard from a talent evaluator in like maybe the past 10, 15 years. Okay, remember, Bo, the shooting guard is supposed to be the glamour position, right? That's supposed to be you high flying, you grabbing boards, you doing all the things. Not even Jason Tatum, who's more three than two, fits that. Can you remember the last shooting guard to come into the league? to generate this type of excitement and imagination because I think we going back damn near 20 years if not longer right I think we're going back to Dwayne Wade coming into the league yes I think that's a very interesting cop because he is much bigger than Dwayne Wade right but the game and a better sh- is and, very and a better similar. shooter and a better athlete and, and Dwayne Wade was a freaky athlete freaky yeah like this the comp with Wade is interesting because What Wade had in him that we saw in college, but I don't think we thought would become so relevant in the NBA is, on my back, boys. Like, the thing that Wade did in college that, I mean, 
I guess the young generation may not care about this, but Kentucky had won 25 straight games in 2003 by the time they got to the Elite Eight, and Dwayne Wade put a triple-double on them. I don't remember who else played for that team. Maybe Steve Novak, but Dwayne Wade, Tom Cream made so much money off Dwayne Wade putting that team on his back, but he was that guy. And when it got to Miami, he was that guy in 2006, in year three. Jump on my back. We going to make this happen. Anthony Edwards is now in year four, and I think he's looked around and realized part of telling people to jump on your back is having the confidence to do it. The other part is looking around and realizing if it ain't me, it ain't going to be nobody. Man, when I, when, I think of, when I think of Ant Edwards, and this is the second point, can you imagine what Anthony Edwards would look like if the Minnesota Timberwolves didn't pick him first? You know who was second in that draft? Oh, it was Golden the Golden State, State Warriors. Warriors. With, with Clay Thompson yeah. on an Achilles that night. Like, think about that. He tore his Achilles on draft night. And if you get Anthony Edwards, not saying because, you know, who knows what happens when you get in the situations. But if Anthony Edwards can thrive in Minnesota, something tell me that boy can thrive anywhere. The league well, if you can't figure out how to make him thrive, it's your fault. Yeah, you can't figure out how to make him thrive, it's your fault. Like, it's not like James Wiseman, who is racking up DNPCDs now. Like, this, this, yikes, got that one wrong. Sorry about that, folks. Hope you didn't bet any money on me saying James Wiseman was going to be good. But Anthony Edwards would be, first of all, if Anthony Edwards played for the Golden State Warriors, I don't know how to break this to Klay Thompson, but... They wouldn't all this pretending like there's going to be an extension that they doing right now. That'd be out the window, dog. You, you, you. No, no, no. Sorry. Like if Anthony Edwards was empowered to just take shoot ups and slash like the only problem with him with Golden State would be, would he have enough space to truly become the player that he needs to be because Steph Curry would be there? Not, not that Steph would be doing anything wrong, but I feel like a cat like this needs room. So maybe it's a good thing that he's out here with Carl, right? Like Carl, whether he means to or not, whether he's trying to or not, he has definitely given Anthony Edwards the space to self-actualize because otherwise they'd be a bunch of bums. Like, Sean, you got a Carl Town stat for us. All right, look at this. The worst field goal percentage in the NBA on layups. Number one is Jordan Clarkson. Number two, (laughs) Franz Wagner. This is two being worse. Three, Carl Towns. Carl Towns has a worse field goal percentage on layups, which is 34.3, than Trey Young, Julius Randle, who is his own story, Xavier Tillman, (laughs) Wow, that's embarrassing. Karis LeVert, Pascal Siakam, P.J. Washington, and oh, Tyler Hero. That running layup, that's a boy. Lot that's the test. You know, you know here's it's two points on Carl Towns that I think about. Anthony Edwards, remember, he was real protective of Carl Towns when he first got there. Same way Jimmy Butler was when Jimmy first got to Minnesota. And I think back to something that Jeff Teague said in some podcast, and he said, man, when I, when I first saw Carl Towns on the pickup game, I thought he was the future. And I bet you did. When you think of a big man who can handle the ball a little bit, play out the post a little bit, shoot a lot, you can figure out all of that stuff and think, oh, this kid is it. And it took Jimmy Butler four practices or four games to be like, this ain't it. I <laughs> nope. wonder how long it took Anthony Edwards to be like, hey, uh, <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> he probably just was giving well, him too much young, respect. But I told you. When you realize they tried to get um, Carl a big brother with Kevin Garnett, and they did that at first, and then they realized he still needed a big brother, so they went and drafted one. When they got to go draft your big brother, this is not this, – this is – no, 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 no. This is, this is not the heat. This is not the business. But – 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What switch gears right fast? LeBron James is like shockingly good this year, considering everything, considering what his foot was the last time we saw him, where I was coming into this year. You and I talked about this. I don't feel like 50 games is anything close to promise to LeBron at this point. I wasn't sure if this was going to be one of those years where he barely played. Like that happens to everybody. It's not just him. Mm -hmm. But you come off Mm -hmm. such an injured year last year. It's a short recovery period because he made it to the Western Conference Finals. It never dawned on me that he would be playing as well as he was. And the Lakers walked in every team, every year with LeBron. They always say, we're going to dial this back. We're going to dial this back. He ain't going to do as much. He out here doing the exact same amount as he ever did. I don't know what to ascribe that to right like part of it obviously we got a good Anthony Davis finger point that we can get down on right like there's something to that but this happens everywhere with every single team and every time we look at a team we're like yo we think that team's good enough we think they gave LeBron what he needed and then we always get to the end to say LeBron ain't got nothing right but it's shocking he's this good, but it is bad if they need him to play 37 minutes a game because I just do not think that that is sustainable. No, and Miami right now ain't that good, right? Like, we can all admit that Miami is going to be one of those slow-starting teams as healthy as they can be, as healthy as they are. And you needed LeBron to give you every last ounce of whatever he had to throw the Cam Reddish in the corner to shoot the three that everybody knew wasn't going to go in. And if you can't dial LeBron back, in November. And let's be honest, the Lakers can't afford to dial LeBron back in November because, Bo, I thought about this earlier. The only two teams that probably isn't trying to win is the Houston Rockets and the Portland Trailblazers. Everybody in the West feels like they should be in the playoffs. Now, maybe Memphis won't be in the playoffs. Maybe Memphis should shut it down, but they think they are a good team, right? The Spurs, sneaky good, right? All these other teams have designs on getting somewhere. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Did you say two teams in the league or two teams in the West? Because I'm looking at the West, and I don't see anybody that ain't trying to win. In the West. Just in the West. Like, I think the Rockets are trying to win. I think the Rockets are trying to win. They're not not going to. They're not going to. Yeah. Then there's Utah, where I think Will Hardy and them are trying to win. They showed us that last year. I don't know about Danny Ainge. (laughs) How many draft picks would Danny Ainge sell? To get old boy Mr. Flag. Oh, everything in the world. Every, every that's what I'm saying. like like that's the red, that's the red Auerbach special. Red Auerbach would have been drafted Cooper Flag by now, somehow. Like right, I mean, Red Auerbach would have been, been a booster with Cooper Flag. He'd have already bought his mama a house, got a new job, <laughs> whatever it took, right? Like they like he'd everybody would have known. Roberts with uh, Moses Malone. That's right. Look, let me tell you something. The nineteen ninety-seven draft was the first uh draft that Rick Patino ran after he got Red Auerbach out of there. And I can only imagine if Red had still been in charge what in the world they would have done to make sure Keith Van Horn would have been a Boston Celtic immediately. Like, this, these things are more valuable to us than they are to anybody else. It's like really good white basketball players to Red Auerbach were like Subway tokens. Subway token don't really mean nothing if you ain't got a Subway, 
But us, we got the only subway in America. Like, we, we need this subway token. We going to bring him in. But you, I want to get to something else, though, with the West. As you talk about that and everybody playing and how this relates to the Lakers. Um, because, like, a team like Oklahoma City, for example. Man, Oklahoma City's probably top four in the West, right? Oklahoma City, like, yep. when you start trying to name what top four in the West is going to be. Right now, the top four in the West is Denver, Dallas, Golden State, Minnesota. Okay. Right below them are the Pelicans and Thunder. And of course, this is early in the year. I'm not saying this to be that illustrative. But the Clippers are on the 7 line. The Suns are on the 9 line. The Lakers are on the 10 line. Like, the play-in is going to be loaded. My man seems shocked at me talking about Oklahoma City being top 4 in the West. But if Memphis and Sacramento could be 2-3 and three last year, I don't understand why this Oklahoma City team, with Shea Gildas-Alexander, with Chet, and them other boys they got around them, were like, Josh Giddy is your 3rd or 4th best player. Like, there, mm-hmm. everybody that acted like the the Thunder were playing to never win again, they were down for two years, and they right back, and they're right back in the present. They got the future to worry about. They got they don't have the future to worry about. They got the future to play with. If you think about it, everybody's they like, got, well, they can't pay all those guys. That's why you have the draft picks. That's why you have they the got draft ass- capital, and they got assets to they get got, dudes. Because in the end, man, they got to go make people come play for them. Right. Like they got to make people come play for them. Show what a good personality they got. Cook, clean, do the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's flashy stuff out there, but they ain't going to love you like this. Like they got to play that game. And that's the West that the Lakers are up against. And the idea that they still cannot count on Anthony Davis. And we got to stop acting like you can at some point. This dude's been in the league 11 years. This is what it is. This is what this is who you are. This is who yeah. this is who Anthony like just, Davis is. He's Literally. not young. Like, like he seems young. He's not, he's not young. He's not young, Bo. And you can count on him. You can count on LeBron for fifty games. Maybe you can count on AD for fifty-five. Like we talk about the Clippers being the unreliables, right? You know, AD. You know, uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Maybe you'll get fifty games out of both of them. Okay, cool. The Lakers ain't that far behind, and the Lakers can't afford. Like the Clippers, at least have tried to put some insurance policies in place, right? With James Harden, maybe if James Harden's your third best player, maybe you can figure something out in the meantime. The Lakers' third best player is Austin Reeves, who's actually really good, but you ain't expecting him to carry your team if LeBron is out. And LeBron can't keep going like this, Bo. You can't keep playing 38 minutes a night, playing the schedule that they're playing, playing the in-season tournament not resting like LeBron is going to make sure that he you know he ain't resting because he's trying to put this scoring thing as far out of reach as possible and add to this mythical you know goat argument and everything else watch King and win all these different Twitter discussions he playing games for that except he can't afford to he can't afford to play games but he can't afford to miss them either he between the rock and the hard oh, place this whole era with him with the Lakers has been I don't know how to describe it like there's no they were a feel-good story last year like, they're never supposed to be a feel-good story. They were a legitimate feel-good story last year. How you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis and you the feel-good underdog in back-to-back series in the West, not even to the NBA Finals, in the West. And they, like, 
they were feel good against the Grizzlies because we had just got tired of them. You know, like mm-hmm. it, like it, 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 it had just turned to that point. But I can't, like, I don't see any like quick, easy answer for making the team better. They have a very good coach. Like I always feel like Vogel is just treated like a dude in the NBA, and I'm like, nah, he's got, he's won a championship in one place. Now, I'm sorry, Vogel don't coach them. He he coaches Suns now. Darvin Ham, I think Vogel was bad. But Darvin Ham seems to be like I don't feel as good he's about good him coach. as I do about Vogel. I have to admit. Well, I mean, here's the thing: when LeBron is on your team, unfortunately, LeBron's the coach in the eyes of everybody else. Right? Since he left Miami. There has not been a coach, even when Ty Lue was there. And I think Ty Lue is one of the three best coaches in basketball. But whenever LeBron is on your team, LeBron is viewed as de facto management, de facto ownership, and the coach. That's a lot of hats to be wearing at 38 years old, going on 39. Even if it ain't true, that's a lot of responsibility to be having. But like, like I said, Darvin Ham is nothing else. But he's straightforward. He's straight up and he don't lie to us. And he ain't going to be intimidated. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing about him. He ain't going to be intimidated. and He's going to be straight with the dudes. The problem is you can't make Anthony Davis any healthier. You can't make LeBron any younger. You know what I mean? That's the unfortunate. That's the unfortunate thing about all this. And LeBron, I think this is year. I want to say this is year six for LeBron in L.A. Mm -hmm. And it does not feel like he's been there that long and this is his longest stint with any team since his first seven years with cleveland interesting by the way right fast on this this is the thing about lebron is the overall numbers are very good but the cracks are showing he's shooting 65 percent mm. from the free throw line this year but he's also shooting 68 percent from two which is bananas he's only shooting 32 percent from three he's giving you like six assists a game right now i'm just pointing out like it's in the shade lebron but the cracks are there. Like what he's doing is amazing. That is asking for too much. But also apparently the cracks in his game got him talking crazy. We'll talk about that coming up next. Prize Picks is the most fun you have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? For me, there's nights where I need to prioritize my sleep, but I just can't seem to do it. Whether it's a late night NBA game keeping me up or some chaotic Pac-12 after dark matchup that'll have me up till 2 a.m. You know you shouldn't be watching because it's not good for you, but you just can't do it. One helpful solution can be therapy, which helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries within your life. 
It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for people who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bomani today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bomani. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Right Time. Got Vinny Goodwill of Yahoo Sports with us. This quote from LeBron James uh, in advance of the game against Miami because the Miami-LeBron stuff, always weird, just always weird. It doesn't need to be weird, but it's always weird. And he was asked about his time in Miami, and LeBron said that he'd still be just as dominant if he never went to the Miami Heat. And then he doubled down on the tweets. You're damn right. I would still be. I, I would still be. I'm chosen in caps. Ain't nothing changing that. Maybe less rings, but dominant from start to finish. And it's like, why are you doing this? I, I don't. Th- th- this is such a strange and unnecessary thing for him to say or do because I think on one level he's right he's so talented that in the end we will still talk about him as being one of the greatest players of all time but dog people are cutting you slack on those four rings as it is if you only had three or two there are discussions that you would not be present in like just at the superficial level but the other part then you tell me if I'm crazy here I know you got all kinds Mm -hmm. of numbers you can look at later and some of the postseason performances like 2016, 2018, all this stuff. To me, there's been no better version of LeBron James than the version that was in Miami from 2011 through 2013. Those back-to-back MVP seasons. It ain't never ever been like that and that was not just about him it's because in part it was the first time that somebody else was in charge and they got the best out of that dude i would take it a step further short of michael jordan right i don't think there's a player in modern nba history maybe even if you go further back that's better with though with that stretch with those two years with maybe he should have been defensive player of the year but let's just say okay he wasn't defensive player of the year doesn't mean anything small ball He's defending everything. He's efficient as hell. He's shooting 40 from three. And he's learning how to, I guess, approach his zen and be better in the clutch and all this other type of stuff and not lose his shit. Okay, cool. Here's the thing. LeBron was the second best player, if not the third best player in the 2011 finals. And he was the best player in the league. You can't say that that failure didn't lead to the next two years. If he'd stayed in Cleveland, right? There's no Kyrie Irving. Maybe there's no Kevin Love because you don't have the assets. Cleveland would have been right up against where they were. Can you imagine, Bo, if the Cleveland Cavaliers of LeBron James lost to the Chicago Bulls of six foot two Derrick Rose because they were a better put together team? The world would lose their effing minds. And for him to act as if Dwayne Wade didn't help. Eric Spolstra didn't help. The structure of Pat Riley didn't help. The stuff that he carried from Miami back to Cleveland, which helped him win, that's not revisionist history. That's intellectually dishonest, man. Well, the thing to me is that, and this just seems to be just how he looks at stuff, right? LeBron doesn't think that the organization and the team and the coach or any of that stuff really matters. 
Like he thinks it kind of matters, but he doesn't think those things really matter. Like he thinks it's just all about the players. And I'm just inclined to disagree about that. I think that all those things around you and the support that you get, um, they matter. Like he made Eric Spolstra a better coach. Spo ain't never been, Spo ain't never looked as good a coach as he did when he was advancing the whole pace and space thing, which you can't do without the talent of LeBron or Chris Bosh or the guys that you had around, right? Like it absolutely does go back and forth. But the idea that the time in Miami meant nothing that is number one is the most significant period of time in your career by any objective measurement right the levels at which he grew up seem very clear from this distance and where we were right like this is the launching of him into the stratosphere of being the person that he is the idea that like no everything goes the same i just seemed like it just seemed unnecessary i just couldn't figure out why you wouldn't even just pay this measure of lip service to it unless you need us to believe all of this at all times is about you it doesn't have anything to do with anybody else it don't have to do with Dwayne Wade holding your hand through every press conference because don't forget Mm -hmm. that that happened for a year Mm -hmm. and I'm not shading LeBron on that in the sense that I can't imagine what it would have been like otherwise but that's Miami right there but LeBron just doesn't think that culture matters. And you know this because he has twice voluntarily decided to entrust his career to organizations that I would not entrust my career to. The time he went back to the Cavs and when he went to the Lakers, he was going to the opposite of competence in both cases. Well, the crazy thing for me is remember how tight LeBron was after 2011 when he gave this y'all broke speech, which is clearly one of the Love funniest it. things Love you've it. ever heard in your Love life. It. But imagine if he didn't imagine if he didn't have Dwayne Wade there like he was holding that in up until that very moment. Right. Because on that in that press conference, Dwayne Wade was sitting next to him and Dwayne Wade was sitting next to him, like you said, holding his hand this whole time. If he had to be there by himself, taking those slings and those arrows, do you know how quickly he would have snapped? Do you know how quickly he would have said, y'all brokies? And to which I have no problem with him saying, by the way, he never called y'all broke. He just said he was going back to his life and you'd go to yours and y'all knew y'all was broke. He never said they was broke. And I will also note and this gets lost. He did some press conferences the year before that were worse. Like when he was wet in the bed against the Celtics and came in and said, yeah, I just think that everybody's been spoiled by my play. Can you imagine if he had said that in the Miami era? Like if he had said that sitting up there in 2011, he didn't say that then. And that was what was most important. Like he didn't dodge the fact that he played like dog shit. Right. But here's the thing that gives me, and it, it, it does tell us to Kevin Durant a little bit. Because when KD was in Golden State, it was like, okay, here's this culture. We got all this talent, but there's something here that elevates us to a different stratosphere. And then he got to Brooklyn and it was like, he's forgotten about all of the things that made it special. It wasn't just talent. It was an infrastructure. And I feel like for whatever reason, those guys don't want to make it seem like it's anybody else but them. And I don't know if that's an internal thing or a social media thing. Like, it's one thing, Bob, I can tell you in this new whole Twitter world where you got the separate columns now. I didn't realize that these, I won't call them bots, they're people running this stuff, but there's people here arguing with themselves every day about how great LeBron is or how much of the GOAT he is. And I wonder if that seeps into these guys' minds where they're watching this stuff every day. Like, I had zero clue that these discussions, Bo, were happening outside of, like, debate television. I didn't know that these debates were happening in real life, like, on 
on the fake internet. And I think these guys take that stuff to heart where they have to say, no, I can't give Dwayne Wade, Wade credit. Can't give Steph Curry credit. Can't give these other guys credit. And I'm saying Kevin Durant is that way. You know what I mean? It's, it's more LeBron than anybody else. But it's just so weird because by comparison, Michael Jordan was in tears saying, man, I'll never win six rings without Scottie Pippen. And I'm like, man, you could have won six rings with any damn body playing next to you. LeBron is like, man, this is only me. And I'm like, bro, we seen the movies. We was there. No, no, that is that's an interesting point. And I think to be fair to LeBron, up until he got to Miami, it really was all about him. And after he left, largely about him. Like that's the thing, whenever you look at it, and they got the numbers about how over, how much overwhelmingly worse the Lakers are this year with him off the floor versus on. And it just feels like whatever mm-hmm. team gets constructed, it winds up being that way. No matter how good it seems to us at the beginning of the season, in the end it gets to be that way. Like I'm somewhat curious like exactly how that happens. And I'm not really trying to like blame him or anything like that, but it's an interesting thing to see how somehow you always at the end by yourself, right? It's like, oh man, daddy's always say about the charges. No matter what, Phillip Rivers is going to be 40 seconds left, no timeouts, 80 yards to go. Like, why is it that you always wind up with the ball and no timeouts? I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I wonder, and I've, I've, I've workshopped this a little bit, but LeBron has this great, great talent of elevating lesser players, right? Like yeah. whatever your singular NBA talent is, he's going to make sure that you are in the best possible position. It's like the Sandlot analogy that you made. You know, go out there, put your hand up, the ball will go there. You know, put your glove up, the ball will go there. But I feel like whether he's picking the wrong co-star in Anthony Davis like, if he was with Bam and Abayu, would Bam still be Bam if that were the case? You know what I mean? Like, I, I wonder if this is just an Anthony Davis slash Kyrie Irving thing. But if you have Kevin Love thing. But I wonder if you are a great player, can you be your full self while LeBron is being his full self, which is I'm doing everything. I'm setting everybody up. Everybody don't got to be fed. And that creates maybe a dependency that said that creates basically y'all can't eat without me. You know what I mean? And I wonder, but it happens in so many places. I don't know if it's him by design or just the players that he's around. I don't want to put it as like a blame on him, but it's an interesting thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, Bam's an interesting comp to me because what Bam could be is a secondary playmaker. And at least in this post-Miami run, which is now, by the way, in his 10th year, in case you were wondering how old you've gotten, ladies and gentlemen, this is the 10th tenth season since Miami. The Cavs did not true. Like, Kyrie Irving is not a secondary playmaker. Kyrie Irving is a six foot two shooting guard, right? Not saying that as an insult, but I don't. Like, if you're looking for Kyrie to get it for somebody else, at least that version of him, right? This version is a little bit right. different. But that version of him wasn't really going to get it done. Um, the Lakers never Magic's plan and I got why Magic did this when he built that team where he tried to get a bunch of playmakers out there because if you were going to lighten the load for LeBron you got to get the other playmakers because otherwise LeBron going to have the ball all the time and if LeBron get the ball all the time it's like James Harden no matter what man somehow some way he going to wind up at the top of the key in 1-4 going for it right LeBron once the ball gets to him that's That's just kind of what it's going to be, you know? And so that team is going to be interesting to watch because they could be just as good as they were last year and wind up as the eight seed or like in the play-in tournament because there's so much going on. Phoenix out here looking like last year's Nets in the sense that Devin Booker is in year nine. Yes, this is year nine for him. He came in the same year as Carl Towns. Devin Booker's been hurt a lot to start this season. I'm not saying that Devin Booker's finished or broken or anything. What I am saying, though, is year nine is when you can't just assume that everybody's going to be healthy all the time. 
you know, by the time you got this many miles. So you got whatever, and Brad Beal's been hurt. Kevin Durant hadn't played 60 games and who knows how long. Like, you, the, the play-in might have some stars in it, including LeBron James again. The play-in will have some stars, right? Because, like you said, when we talk about Bradley Beal, he's got a bad back. That's nothing to actually just sneeze at and say, oh, yeah, when he's when he's healthy, he's going to be healthy for the entire year. If your back has hurt, your back hurts. It don't stop yes. hurting. It just means you manage it. Whatever it is, like your knee can stop hurting, your foot can stop hurting, your ankle can stop hurting. Your back keeps hurting for the rest of your natural life. Okay? I'm not yeah. saying that to I'm not saying that to like, you know, curse Bradley Beal, right? But Devin Booker is in this spot, Bo, where A, he's going to have to be the point guard, which means he's going to have to have a heavy load and a lot of wear and tear and torque on his body, right? Ankles, legs, everything, everything lower body is going to be that and you're having injuries this early in the season b and i brought this point up to kevin durant and he basically told me in his own polite way you tripping i said katie i don't want you having to stare down the barrel of a defense every time down you can do it but that's not the most efficient use of your talent at this stage of your career the ball needs to swing to you and you take a dribble and pull you don't need to be at the top of the key having to navigate a defense that's not good short term or long term and if you're in the play-in bow that just means more wear and tear no matter the star power and if you run up against say big vic or a Zion Williamson and a big, one big game already take beat all. Twice, dude. He both. Not only did he beat him twice, he beat him twice on essentially back to back nights where usually the vet teams are supposed to catch you and figure some stuff out. He was like, "Oh no, I got something for y'all on the second night. I have learned, young sensei, that he ate. Look, he ate. Oh my god. You know, you, you know, you know, what we got ate. left. You know, what we got left with Big Vic. You know, all we got left. All we just need to hear." It's our guy Hubie waxing and pontificating yes. on Big Vic. Because we ain't heard Hubie the into French the chat. The French man. He's going to start calling him the French man. <laughs> like, it's nothing better than the Hubie Brown era of the Shaq man. But right fast, I want to throw this up about LeBron James. I had said something earlier about, like, what the numbers were with him on and off the floor. So, with LeBron on the floor, the, Ra- the Lakers' offensive rating is basically points per 100 possession. 116.7. Without him, it drops to 91.2. And just for context, 91.2 type numbers are, like, worst in the league um opponent score at 107 with him on the floor and 127.8 without him that's the part that i find shocking because it's not like lebron is out here being um a super duper defensive stopper by the way i want to read a quote to you right fast to see if you can figure out who it is um quote ready to lock him up who said that and about whom if you gave me one guess I would say Dylan Brooks crazy and crazy shooting ass said that about LeBron. Have you seen Dylan Brooks' yes, numbers this year, Bo? <laughs> I have, have not seen have his you numbers. Seen, have you not seen this? I'm going to throw him at you. He's a 41% shooter for his career. He's shooting 59% from the field. Or actually shooting higher. He's shooting like in the 60s. He's a 32% shooter from three. 34% from three. He's shooting 57 right now. I can't so explain that. So eBay has that. told him he's not allowed to shoot? No, he's shooting more. He's not shooting as much. He's shooting like four threes a game, right? But I think what happened was Dylan Brooks is now empowered 
And Dylan Brooks oh. might have been embarrassed by what happened. And if he feels embarrassed, man, because this man was walking out with a Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, vest and some sunglasses and nobody told him to wear yeah. that. He decided to wear that shit on his own, so he might not feel shame. But Dylan Brooks might actually be empowered in a way that helps the Houston Rockets. And considering the Memphis Grizzlies treated him like he oh. was one of the dudes holding the tool. Hold on. Hold on, Vinny. I misunderstood you. I didn't realize that you said he was shooting 56% from three. I thought 56. you said he was shooting like 30 something. He's shooting 56% from three. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, that, you got to come up with some new material about him apparently. Here's what he said. He said, what are he going to do with LeBron? He said, he just going to try to make him tired. I mean, that's basically what he said. I got to say, not the worst idea you ever had, Dylan Brooks. He said, ready to lock him up. He's shooting the ball well. He's been playing well. So I'm just there to make him tired, make him get into that fourth quarter early. Yo, and this is what LeBron has done to Dylan Brooks over the years. 25.2 points, 8.4 boards, 8 assists, 52.2 from the floor, and a 9-2 record for his team. So long and short here, Ime has gotten to Dylan Brooks. Like, like this is eBay coming in and being like, hey, look, this shit ain't working here, dog. Like, I'm just telling you right now. All right. Not here. No, no. Can't have it. And he may be getting through to these cats. I don't know who get through to eBay, but eBay apparently gets through to these cats. Yeah, cause I don't know who getting through the email, and email might be having a bad day today. Did you did you see the hour uh, long podcast I that uh, email's ex? I did. I did. That, 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 that's a good discussion for another day. But 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 Dylan Brooks, the last time we saw Dylan Brooks against LeBron, yeah, it didn't really go well because he punched him in the nuts. Remember that? The last time you saw LeBron, yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. that's how he's going to slow him that. down. That's how I'm going to slow him down. I forgot about that. But, dude, but I wanna, I wanna how, say, how do we explain Dylan Brooks now? How do we explain him? I'm going to how we explain him. It's got to be more than Emo Doka. I don't know. I don't know. But, hey, it's early. We got he, He's got time to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and mess this up. <laughs> I want to send a shout-out right fast to all the people commenting on YouTube, uh, running with the chat, because they did not realize, and this happens a lot with the NBA players, when I said that uh, uh, Devin Booker was in year nine, it's the the head blowing off emoji starts going. These dudes are not young, man. Like 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 these we they got better skincare and all of this stuff these days or whatever it is. They ain't never got to act like grown ups, whatever. I don't know, but man, cats is out here old. Like we really lose sight of that. Kevin Durant, for example, is in year seventeen. You know how crazy it is that Kevin Durant's in year 17 and still playing on the perimeter? Vince Carter had long moved his ass over there in the corner. Like, that's the thing about LeBron. It's like, by now, we normally move it in the corner in order to keep this going. But now, nah, man, they, they, they keep on playing. Now, Vinny, I want to, before we get out of here, because we're coming up on the end here, I want to ask you about one thing. We are all about Anthony Edwards, but wasn't it a little bit of an indictment of the Celtics that they allowed him to do that to them? I won't say it's an indictment because the Celtics have been really, really good. I think the Ant-Man is just that good. Now, I'm not one of these people. But, like, but if I'm you Jason seeing, Tatum. That's what you're saying. You ain't say, see, you said indictment of the Celtics. What you fair, meant to say fair, was an indictment fair, of Jason Tatum. Fair. Okay. Let's fair. rephrase the question, counselor. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because the one thing we've always <laughs> said about Jason Tatum was those step back jumpers. That's not really a good strategy for, you know, long-term success. And because the Ant-Man is a freakish athlete, he's shutting all of that down. But the problem is there's only one Ant-Man, right? There's only Fair. one of those dudes, and you're not going to see him in a high-stakes playoff series as long as Carl Towns is a part of that Minnesota Timberwolves franchise, right? So, he, so Jason Tatum ain't got to worry about seeing him. But, baby, I'm telling you, 
if you can find a way to put some athleticism on Jason against Jason Tatum, that's the formula, right? Yep. And on that note, that's Vinny Goodwill. Check him out on the Ball Don't Lie Network, the Good Word Podcast, the Good Word with Goodwill. Be sure to check that out. My bad, meant to tease it early, getting new to this live thing. So check that out. My man, I appreciate you. Hey, always love, bro. All right, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Remember, hit our voicemail line, 323-596-7767. 323-596-7767. Whatever you want to talk about, go on and hit us up. We'll also hit you with prompts every now and then. So go ahead and hit that voicemail line. My man, Sean, you handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe. You are a hater. And subscribe and like. Don't forget that one. Anyway, talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy.